Do you enjoy a really good movie on TV or one of the streaming platforms or at the movie theater? I know I do. Since the beginning of cinematography, they have been so, there have been so many incredibly good movies. And there have been some not-so-good movies. With all the advances in technology over the past years, the entertainment industry offers more choices than ever before. And the quality keeps getting better, too. We've gone from the old silent black-and-white film to 8mm to Super 8 to video to disc, DV, to streaming online, and so much more. And it's amazing um, that the examples are just endless of all the ways that technology has, has done that. And, and look at music, what we, can, what we can get now at such lightning speeds for all the different musical desires that we have for listening. Entertainment. Entertainment is a major and driving force in our society and in the world. And I have to confess to you this morning that I like to be entertained. But our winter sermon series is calling us to live the versus, V-E-R-S-U-S, the verses of Scripture, those tensions, those contrasts, where Scripture helps us through the verses, E-S, gain guidance and insight. So today's challenge is enthusiasm versus entertainment. The lyrics to a certain song were written in English by Paul Anka. As I read them now, see if you can remember who took this song all the way to the top of the charts a number of years ago. Some of you younger people may not get it, but I'm sure most of the older folks will. And now the end is near, and so I face the final curtain. My friend, I'll say it clear, I state my case, of which I'm certain. I've lived a life that's full, I've traveled each and every highway, and more, much more than this, I did it my way. Yes, there were times, I'm sure you knew, when I bit off more than I could chew, but through it all, when there was doubt, I ate it up and spit it out, I faced it all, and I stood tall and did it my way. You got it. Well, of course, the answer is Frank Sinatra. I've always liked that song, but it does pose our dilemma this morning because the words are a bit bothersome. They express a bold willfulness of the self. I did it my way. Sounds like my two-year-old grandson. And, of course, that is the direct opposite of the gospel's call to new life in Christ, which is not about our way, but a different way. Right here in this song, we see the tension of self-focused living in the framework of entertainment, Frank Sinatra. And look at TV. Some television program is very good, and some, oh my, oh my. I think you'd have to be living in a vacuum who have never heard of the show Survivor. I think it's in its 40, I don't know, coming up on its 44th season, something like that. It's amazing. But 
it, it prompts fierce independence. And when the opportunity is right, you screw your neighbor and everybody else so that you can get the prize of a lot of money. That's what the show is about. And it's kept an audience for, oh, those, these so many years. And then there's The Bachelor and Bachelorette. Okay. The American public eats it up. And we wonder why we have problems in our society. My, oh, my. And I have to mention the music industry and sports. Much of the music leaves little to, of today leaves little to the imagination when it comes to sex and physical relationships. But equally astonishing to me is what people are willing to pay. And in sports, which is another huge entertainment field, no pun intended, look at how much time some people spend watching sports, reading about sports, and playing sports, and look at the money. Do you know what ticket prices are these days? And look at the staggering amounts that athletes are paid. It's, it's astonishing. But it must be what we value in our country, else we wouldn't put all that money out there. Now, hear me on this. I'm not saying that entertainment is bad in and of itself. Let me repeat that. I'm not saying that entertainment in and of itself is bad. But I am saying that for many people, it becomes almost like a god. It becomes almost like a god. Oh, they would never say it that way. Yet if your god is where you put your primary focus and satisfaction in life, and if you look where their time and money go, then I think the case can be made for many that entertainment is like a god. And we in the religious community have to be careful ourselves because we live in a culture whose huge focus is on entertainment and pleasing and enjoying oneself. And we have to hold that in perspective and balance. So let's turn to our Exodus text that Melanie read for us. Here you recall that as Moses was coming down from Mount Sinai with the Ten Commandments in hand, okay? Joshua heard noise like a war on either, uh, a war of either victors or losers coming from the camp of the Israelites. But it wasn't. It was the sound of revelers. And without rereading the whole thing, the gist of it is, is that in their boredom and waiting around for Moses to come back, they turned to something else. They turned to a golden calf. How silly we think, right? How silly. But there are times when I think entertainment in today's world is what the golden calf and dancing were to those early Israelites. God can so easily be pushed out of sight and out of mind, and the entertainment can help fill the void. And what about our story from... Mark's gospel that, um, that Roy read. I know it was a lot of text this morning. We usually just have two. But this story about the beheading of John, and think how awful John and how evil Herodias and Herod were, 
But I want to look at this story from Herod's perspective. We usually look at it from John's, but I want you to look at it this morning from Herod's perspective because it's a story about entertainment. It's a story about entertainment. First, you, you need to understand that the reason John was in prison was that he had spoken out against the immorality of Herod, who had taken his brother Philip's wife for his own. That's just wrong. And John stated it. And Herod, understandably, wanted to silence John. That's a very prevalent desire for those in power today. (laughs) But we'll leave that for another day. Anyway, Herod's new wife, who had been his brother's wife, came with a beautiful daughter. And he desperately wanted to be entertained by her, knowing she was an exquisite dancer. Now catch this. He was so pleased with being entertained so well, he was willing to pay the price of practically anything, even if it meant half his kingdom. Unfortunately for for John, Herod's wife wanted John silenced once and for all, and so she had her daughter ask for his head on a platter. Pretty gruesome. You see, Herod was entertained at a great price. And people today pay big time to be entertained. And the consequences of making entertainment such a heavy part of their diet is hardly ever entertained. Again, no pun intended. In our culture, many people want to be entertained practically all the time. If we lose the ability to be self-reflective and self-critical on these matters, we run the potential of becoming godless and unrooted people destined to drift aimlessly on the surface of the vast sea of entertainment. Never touching the deep and profound mysteries of faith and of God. There are some churches, and all churches have to be reflective. There are some churches, though, that have given way to entertainment. What they've done is sought to give people what people want so that people will want to come to their church. Makes sense, sort of, except sort of not. I've never been a big fan of taking surveys in churches to ask people what they want. Because I'm not a big believer that what people want is what they necessarily need spiritually. I don't pretend to have all the answers of what people need. But I don't think it's giving people what they want any more than it was giving my kids ice cream and pizza because they wanted it all the time. We just... um, we're at Disneyland this last week with our two and four year old grandsons and uh, happened to be there on Tuesday when it was raining and pouring. But the lines weren't bad. Um, but one of the rides we went on was the merry-go-round. And it brought back a lot of memories. But think about it. You pay money to get on the merry-go-round. You get on. It's pretty safe compared to the other rides, a lot of the other rides. You go up and down, 
kind of like life a little bit, I guess. You go around and around in a circle, and you feel good. There's music. There's, you're entertained while you're doing it. It's kind of fun. But when you get off, you get off at the same spot you got on. There's no advancement. There's no growth. If we make church like entertainment, we run, we run that risk. And so I want to turn to the other side of our verses, which is enthusiasm. Enthusiasm. Let me come directly to the point. And I've already mentioned this previously to kind of set the stage for today. The word enthusiasm comes from two Greek words. En, E-N, which means N, I-N, and theos. Theos is the Greek word for God. Enthusiasm is having God in you. That's what enthusiasm is. Enthusiasm means God in you. That is, to be filled with God. Enthusiasm is not just a way to make people feel good or up for a while. It is a way in which faith in the God of life is lived out through all circumstances. It's the difference between joy and fleeting happiness. It's the difference between fulfillment and a high moment. Enthusiasm lets God be God within and living out from that center. There are two very different ways of being in the world. The one where we live from God within and the other where we simply respond to stimulus without, which is what entertainment is. With all this in mind, now let your ears be especially tuned as you hear again the words from Paul that Mickey read. To set the mind on the flesh is death. But to set the mind on the spirit, that's life and peace. For this reason, the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot, and those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh. You are in the Spirit since the Spirit, God in you, that's enthusiasm, because Christ died to the self-centered life, to be born to the God-centered life. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ, doesn't belong to this. But if Christ is in you, through, though the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. That means right relationships. A right relationship with self, not putting self at the center. A right relationship with God, putting God first. And a right relationship with others, loving others as we love ourselves. 
That's what righteousness is about. When you hear that word, righteousness sounds kind of like one of these holy words, holier-than-thou words. Righteousness just means to have a right relationship with yourself, with God, and with others. And if the spirit of him who, was, who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, that's God's spirit, he who has raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies also through his spirit that dwells in you. That's God in you. That's enthusiasm, friends. That's what it's about. Paul used the words flesh and spirit. Today, we're just reframing that a bit to entertainment versus enthusiasm. Enthusiasm. And just as people in Paul's day couldn't get out of their flesh and only live in the spirit, they could reorder their desires of the flesh. So too will we be entertained. That's part of life. We're going to be entertained. It's part of the world around us. And yet we too can reorder our lives to allow more opportunities for true and abiding enthusiasm. God in you. Enthusiasm, God in you, versus entertainment. God in Christ has come to bring peace and joy to every heart. It's from the inside out. That's our true Christian celebration. That's what worship is about. Recognizing who God is and who we are. In a world of mixed up morals and perverted priorities, I want you to hear these words from another great person in the world's history, but from another time. Pablo Picasso. He wrote, The essential in this time of moral poverty is to create enthusiasm. To create enthusiasm. In Moses' time and the Israelites' golden calf. In the Apostle Paul's time. In Picasso's time and in our time right here and right now. Isn't the essential, essential task to create enthusiasm? God in you and 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 me. So, for all you gospel fans, on with the show. So be it. And amen.